You know what time it is? Another episode of Liberty Lockdown! Yeah! Uh. Uh. Man, I am pumped. It's the middle of the night. Been tweeting all day like a psychopath. Just trying to get on here and let you know how I feel. Man, the world is crazy. It gets... I mean, I guess this week was calm compared to last week when half the country seemed like it was on fire. Um, But, not to be outdone, this week we have Chaz. (laughs) The Autonomous Zone in Seattle. For those that don't know, there is a Autonomous Zone, self-declared by what appears to be Black Lives Matter and Antifa members and, you know, just general protesters, but um, the hippies, the hippies have taken over uh, like a four block radius or something like that. And they're already out of food and they're starving to death. And uh, anarcho socialists are looking about as dumb as you'd imagine, which is not a surprise because anarcho socialism is a uh, oxymoron and uh, emphasis on the moron. So yeah, they, they have taken over four blocks. There's a dude, uh, who's essentially a warlord <laughs> who's armed and they've already put up borders. They have already ran out of food and they are already, you know, beating the shit out of people. So anarchy is not looking so hot when it's ran by a bunch of people that believe in force and government power. So that's not too surprising, but the sad truth of it is it's going to reflect poorly on anarchy as a whole. And I think we all know that. So we're going to have to do a real good job either rebranding or uh, differentiating our model for anarchy from these idiots and children. It's funny, but it's really frustrating simultaneously. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is there. I mean, obviously, I feel like we do a better job. Um, I know we talk about it a lot. And I think that Obviously, it requires a level of preparation, intelligence, uh, comprehension of rights, freedoms, liberties, a belief in those things uh, as a foundation, kind of like the foundation of the country. You know, the founding fathers, they they had those principles because they were coming from tyranny. Somehow, these people who are also coming from tyranny want to just be their own tyrants. They're not actually fighting for liberty for all by any stretch of the imagination. It's more about payback. It's about destroying their enemies. And I think that that's a huge portion of what we've seen in the riots and the, the protests, the, uh, the looting, the burning of things. They haven't really targeted, for the most part, other than Precinct 3 in uh, Minnesota, they haven't targeted the government for the most part, you know? the people who actually choked the life out of George Floyd. They have focused almost entirely on burning cars and private businesses. They've also destroyed some cop cars, which I can appreciate. I mean, I'm not advocating for it, but I'll say if you're going to do violent, dumb stuff, it certainly seems like uh, the property of the government or the police force in particular that is responsible for these atrocities that you're protesting against ought to feel your wrath, not your local you know, family-owned business. Makes no sense to me, but as to be expected, 
the Dashiki Dems came through to let everybody know there is no one more detestable on earth than a leftist white politician. They think that they own their votes and <laughs> they're so detached from reality, they think they can throw Dashikis on and get on a knee for eight minutes to, you know, virtue signal to. I, I assume they're trying to message to the black voter that, you know, we're the party for you. Uh, no, let me, let me fill you guys in here. Oh, by the way, it was like 25 Democratic voters that got on their knees for eight minutes and 40 seconds or something to that effect. Uh, Democratic congressman, excuse me, Pelosi, Schumer, everybody. And they got on their knees for eight minutes and 40 seconds appropriately socially distanced, which was hilarious with the shikis around their necks, which is just like a African print. Um, as far as I know, George Floyd was born in Texas. I don't know why he's fucking being honored as some, you know, African man who died in this country. He's an American. Um, at least he's an American by my definition of American, which is anyone that's born here. And I don't know who they're trying to fool by dressing up in African garb it, honest to God, looked like a ritual from Black Panther. And an embarrassing one at that. Also, I, I don't know why you would possibly... It's almost like the... It's like wearing a crucifix for Christians or Catholics. Um, why are you kneeling for 8 minutes and 40 seconds? That's literally what killed George Floyd. I mean, it, are you supposed to be drawing a cognate with Colin Kaepernick's kneeling? Because I guess I kind of get that. But when you do it for the amount of time that Officer Chauvin kneeled on George Floyd's neck, it starts to send a really backwards message. So you're doing it in African garb. He's not an African. You're kneeling the pose of the cop. And you're doing it for 8 minutes and 40 seconds, the duration of which took George Floyd's life. And this is a tribute? Okay, because it sure seems a little counterintuitive to me, folks. I am genuinely concerned about the mental well-being of the Democratic Party. What the fuck are you guys thinking? God, do they have PR people? Who is in charge of their messaging? And and the the six feet of distance. At, at first, I, I was thinking it was so craven. I was like, oh my God, they're actually distancing just so that they can have better angles for the photo op because like all 50 of the Congress people wanted to make sure that they could get, you know, seen in the photo. And I still think that's probably what it was. But then I realized, oh, COVID's still a thing. They're probably doing it, justifying it by saying it's social distancing. I just phenomenal pandering. So, so brutally transparent. I try not to like assume how black people feel. Because I, I, you know, I don't know for sure, but I have to believe, my God, so insulting. I'm so insulted for you. Jesus Christ. I feel almost as bad for black people after watching that as I do after watching the George Floyd video. It is brutal. It is so despicable to think that that's going to send, that's going to send all the black people to the voting booth for you. God, you empty suits, you worthless, non-delivering, pathetic. You're responsible for the majority of the laws that have put 
black people behind bars for the past 30 years. Granted, those laws started under Republicans, but they were emphasized and reinforced and doubled down upon by Clinton and Biden. And Obama didn't do a damn thing to fix it either, even though he was in power for eight years. I mean, I just don't, I don't know if I was a Democrat, period, much less a black Democrat, I I don't know how you could possibly consider casting a vote for either of the candidates. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't blame you for not wanting to vote for Trump, but I will absolutely blame you if you cast a vote for Joe Biden. One, his brain's broken. Disqualifying. Two, he's racist also. If I'm black, that might be disqualifying. I don't know. Three, he's responsible. He wrote the 1994 crime bill. He wrote it. He bragged about it. He doubled down on it. He hasn't backed away from it. He is he is as responsible as anyone alive that's actively in politics for the amount of people we have behind bars, which in my view is probably the biggest atrocity that our country has perpetrated over the past 30 years amongst many. Good God, we've had a lot of atrocities, particularly the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. But at least uh, I'll say at home. I mean, abroad, maybe our travesties have been bigger. But at home, I don't think there's a bigger tragedy or travesty than the war on drugs and the 30 million people, or excuse me, the 3 million people that are behind bars today. Basically, 1% of the population is behind bars. More per capita than any country on earth. The land of the free and the home of the imprisoned. I don't know how anyone how anyone that believes in this country thinks that that's an acceptable statistic to have. No matter no matter how law and order you are, I'm sorry. You can't look at those numbers and say to yourself, oh, well, we have more people in prison than North Korea. We have one-fourth the population of China. We have more people in prison than China. Isn't exactly known for treating its dissidents well. More people in prison in America than any other country on earth. That is unacceptable. For me, the biggest disappointment in the past two weeks since the uh, the protests, the Black Lives Matter movement really exploded. And, um, you know, it's just been all-encompassing in the news. I am stunned at the lack of direction towards ending the war on drugs. That to me is of all the things that you could point point to to describe systemic racism, which is the catchphrase of the past two weeks, of all the things that you could possibly point to, the war on drugs is systemic racism writ large. People people know it. People talk about it. They know that the the crack laws were largely targeted because white people use powder cocaine and black people use crack rock in the hood. And disproportionately, they were affected. They were given harsher sentences for a, a crack version of cocaine, and the powder version was less left with less less strict laws. I mean, both are immoral. So don't get me wrong when I when I talk about this. I'm not saying oh, crack should have been equally illegal to cocaine. They should all be legal. Let's make it real clear. They should all be legal. However, the only examples that are actually visibly there to demonstrate racism in our system, in my opinion, that's that's high on the list. That really is. And 
it's one of the ones that I think is the most compelling argument for the fact that there is systemic racism when it comes to law enforcement in this country. And it's totally been lost. It's been lost in the wash as people, you know, victim signal and virtue signal. They have lost the the real message in the signal, which is we have too many people behind bars and black and brown people are paying that price disproportionately. But the truth of the matter is, just as, as they are when it comes to police brutality and police murder, we're all paying the price. We are. It's just the truth. And if you want us to get on board, you don't have to shame us into saying Black Lives Matter and putting a black square on our Instagram. Just, just inform us that we're also in danger. That seems like such a direct route. People are so much more sincere when they're concerned about their own safety. Why are you having to trick them into lying about how concerned they are for your well-being? You know they aren't. You know the white liberals of a wolf. You know when they smile, their teeth are there. I mean, l- listen to Malcolm X on white liberals. They are dangerous to you. They are more dangerous to you than the most overt racist in this country. Because the overt racist will tell you how they feel. The leftists will smile And then they will pass laws that put you and your children and your children's children behind bars or at least behind the eight ball, economically and otherwise. If that doesn't upset you, if that doesn't give you pause when you go to the voting booth, what will? Why would you possibly consider voting for Joe Biden? And this is not an advertisement for Trump. I hope you don't vote for either of them. I'd I'd rather see you not vote at all than vote for either of those. Monsters. Jesus, Lord. God, Nancy Pelosi, you scumbag. All right, and then we got the uh, the ICC, which is, I think it's the International Something Commission. But basically, today, Trump announced that he would be sanctioning and uh, basically punishing in any way we can some of the inspectors for the ICC. The ICC is an alleged independent organization that was, I mean, I don't think it's even independent, but they were basically, they were researching war crimes for our soldiers in Afghanistan and Iraq. Trump says, uh, I, you know, we are going to protect our soldiers. No, no war crime tribunals for any of our soldiers over the past 20 years. That's, that's his promise. And it made me think, God, our, the president of the United States main job is running cover for the war crimes of the past administrations and current for that matter. But what a disaster. We're so I mean we're just so far down the rabbit hole that that's really one of the president's biggest callings for his job is to cover up war crimes of prior administrations. And I think that's that's a big part of the reason that nothing changes no matter who's in power is that every administration no matter how you know, starry-eyed and idealistic, they come into office, they ultimately leave having committed atrocities and they have to cover up for everybody else because they know whoever comes after them is going to have to cover up for them. So you got to play ball. It's just a sick system. I read the article. I know there's a, a decent argument by Trump as to why he's saying, you know, it's this is on the behest of, of Russia and you know, who knows? As soon as you start talking about Russia, I don't know what the truth is anymore. It's been so, so, you know, politicized and toyed with. I really don't know what to believe. What I do know 
is that we undoubtedly committed war crimes. <laughs> so uh, I'm not really interested in seeing our soldiers punished because I feel like, um, I mean, maybe some of the more egregious actors do deserve to be punished. But broadly, I think that the soldiers, quote unquote, just following orders, well, that's not a valid defense. If you're not going to punish and persecute and prosecute the higher-ups, I'm not really interested in prosecuting the foot soldiers. I would like to see it's got to be all or nothing or at least the top guys have to go too. I mean, generals, presidents, congressmen that vote for this shit, someone should pay a price. I'll grant you that. But if it's just going to be the infantrymen making twenty-five grand a year, no thanks. I'm not interested in seeing him, you know, put behind bars for the rest of his life while Joe Biden becomes president of the United States. That's that's not cool, in my view. This morning we were blessed with the enough video by all the famous B-list actors and actresses. Enough, enough, enough. Stand up, stand, stand up. Yeah. Black Lives Matter. Did you hear me? I said it. Black Lives. They matter. I'm sincere. Believe in me. Most importantly, casting directors, see me. Have me try out for your role. Don't I come across as believable and defensive for black people? Don't I seem like a legitimate actor? So I did my own video this morning and it got retweeted by Peter Quinones. Free man by on the wall. Like, how cool is that? Um, shout out. And my take on it, unsurprisingly, was uh, I have nothing to apologize for. Because they were, that's the whole basis of the video is they were saying, you know, my bad, essentially, for allowing the system to continue that ultimately killed George Floyd. I don't have any apologies to make for that. I have done really everything in my power to try and change that. I don't think I've ever voted for anyone that actually ended up in office. That seems like a, a declaration of futility. In a way, it is. However, I've done everything I can. I've, I'm, I bear no responsibility in terms of people that are actually dictating what happens in this country because I have tried to put better people in those positions of power Whenever I've had the opportunity, I gave this country its best possible shot voting for Ron Paul as many times as I could. The only politician I've ever known in my life that I believe to my core would have, I mean, basically saved this country if he hadn't been assassinated. I really felt like he was our, our best and last hope before this happened, which is what we're all experiencing, which I continue to, to talk about um, week by week, month by month, and... I feel like I'm I'm basically living through the future I feared. I'm living through the future I predicted for the past 20 years. When I was telling people, people go, "Well, what's what's the big deal? National debt, you know. What's that do?" Well, when the economic system trembles, the intelligentsia, the politicians, they start to do wild shit to try and keep the house of cards standing. It's not going to they're not going to try giving up power to maintain their power. They're not going to do it. They're not smart enough to know that that might actually help. And ultimately, they didn't get into that position by believing that in the first place. So they're going to try and push this game as long as possible. 
and the the American people, you know, the average common man is going to pay the price, which has kind of been my calling and my mission with this show is to try and give people a better feel for, you know, what what the economic turmoil is going to bring about. And I've talked about it a decent amount, but the uh, I had I had a buddy of mine who was talking about uh, it's Alex Ardell, by the way. I was on his show. Um, he uh, he was asking about you know buying gold and and uh, I I have I just wanted to give some feedback on that real quick. So I have owned both junior gold miners and majors for like four or five years now. I bought them actually maybe even longer. I bought them basically sometime after the 0809 collapse. I think it might have been 2012, something like that. And I was doing it because I was concerned with Fed activities. You know, the the amount of printing seemed to me to likely be bringing inflation at some point in the near future. I had never envisioned in my life that they could be doing, you know, three, four, five, six trillion dollar um, just printing sessions annually. And it looks like that's what our future holds. I don't want to advise on, and this isn't advice. I'm, this is just my personal opinion on these things. So you can manage your own investments. But uh, I really do think that the the underlying ramifications that we're all going to experience from this is that you're going to have runaway inflation in investment assets because people are going to try and maintain the value of their accumulated goods, you know, whatever that may be, if it's their house, their cash, their whatever. So they're going to try and put it in investable assets that earn a yield, a return on that investment, but also maintain their underlying value. So in my view, real estate is a great investment. I really think that that's probably at the highest highest value marker on my list for a hedge against inflation that can still return a good good income. Obviously, stocks could be a great investment as well. I think they were down like a thousand points in the Dow today. So that roller coaster is going to be very tumultuous because ultimately it's entirely based off of fiat money. There is There is no underlying reasons to be buying these companies at these valuations. So if you're doing it, go in with eyes wide open that you are exclusively betting on the fact that the Fed is going to continue to print money no matter what it takes to maintain this house of cards. That's the game. So I I don't blame anybody that does that because I think that if you're going to make a bet, you probably want to bet with the house. And the house right now is the federal government and the federal reserve. And the federal government and the federal reserve are telling you loud and clear they are going to do everything in their power if it if it requires you know printing 10 trillion dollars a year to maintain the stock market i think that they're going to do it i mean they're signaling it they're saying it they're just not telling you the amount that they're willing to do but they are telling you directly we are going to support the stock market and the economy you know the quote unquote economy but basically just the stock market to the end of the earth, you know, ramifications be damned. So I think that owning real estate, owning solid assets, real assets like gold, silver, 
uh, makes a lot of sense. And then if you want to, you can also you can also bet on the gold mining companies, which is what Alex was asking about. I I've owned uh, some of the small, some of the big. My the best performer I had was Newmont, which is one of the biggest large cap um, gold mining companies on earth, and they they really have performed well for me. So I have to say, of all the ones that I bought, that was the one that <clears throat> seems to reflect um, performance against the inflation that's occurring in the value of gold. Um, the junior miners, which I bought a, a good chunk of, just beat me up. No matter what direction the underlying asset went. So gold was going up. The GDXJ uh, ETF that I owned was still just never going in the right direction. So um, obviously, if we see a hyperinflationary type scenario over the next five, 10 years, you could see, you know, 10x, 20x, 30x gains in junior gold miners because the underlying asset would be, you know, worth insane amounts of money. You could have $5,000, $10,000 per ounce gold, in which case, whatever you buy, whatever company you own, it's going to kick ass. Um, but if gold kind of hovers here, if it goes up to 2000, <clears throat> you're not going to see massive gains. So I, I personally would lean towards getting physical metal if you can. I know it's very hard to get right now over spot price. Spot price is just the uh, price per ounce. So that's like what the actual value is of an ounce of silver, an ounce of gold. But if you want a coin, it's usually four or $5 more per ounce coin. But right now I've heard it's like $10 over spot, which is outrageous, but it's because there's so little supply. So Anyways, shop around, do what you can. Uh, but I would definitely recommend if you see a dip in those assets, get some, you know, don't get, don't get crazy, but just get some if you think so. This is not advice. And then also, uh, I still, I've talked about it a few times. I'm still looking for an entry point for crypto. I still don't believe in it. I still think it's a fiat currency in you know, a different word, but I just think that there's, because of the, the minor differences that it has from fiat currency in terms of privacy and the fact that it's not actually printed by the government and that there's a limited capacity of it. I, uh, or by brand, there's a limited capacity. I'm interested in owning a small chunk of it. So I wouldn't recommend against it. I guess I'll say it is a gamble. I wouldn't view it as anything else, but sometimes gambles pay off. And if it does become the reserve currency of the world, I wouldn't want to not own any. So give it a look. It's extraordinarily expensive right now, so it's going to be hard for anyone to get an entry point that makes sense. I think it's $9,500 per Bitcoin right now, which, you know, it was like $6,000 4 months ago. So I'm I'm hoping to buy on a dip like that, but I don't know if it's going to come. It's been hovering between eight and 10000 for the past three months, and I can't seem to get it to drop much at all. And it's not surprising because, you know, the Fed is declaring trillion, $2 trillion, $3 trillion dollar uh, bills every like 60 days, it seems like. So a lot of people are looking at this the same way we are. And a lot of people are trying to have hedges against inflation. And they're also just betting, you know, they're just gambling with cryptocurrencies. So something to keep in mind. Then lastly, I wanted to talk about the tensions that I'm feeling in this country. You know, I know that the news has told us white people are supposed to shut up, but also white silence is violence. So I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So I'm just going to talk. How about that? I've just been really disturbed with the amount of tension that I'm seeing. I've had a lot of interactions with people over the past couple of weeks that have disturbed the hell out of me. The The big one I had, I had a, a tweet that was a piggyback off of a, another viral tweet 
and mine kind of went viral on its own right, but um, he was saying, you know, it's Tuesday, you know what that means, and he was like, can't wait to arrest the cops for Brianna Taylor, which is a victim of a no-knock raid. And I, I responded in kind, saying, sounds great, can't wait for Wednesday, let's also arrest the cops who murdered Duncan Lemp. Uh, to me, I wasn't even I wasn't even trying to be controversial. I was literally just trying to like add to the momentum, you know? Like we're all headed in the same direction here. We all want justice for people that have been taken from us too soon. I mourn the loss of Breonna Taylor to the same extent I do Duncan Lemp. I didn't know either of them. I think that they were innocent people that that were murdered by the police in no-knock raids under dubious circumstances on both fronts. For Brianna, apparently they had the wrong address, but they were doing a drug bust, and they busted in there. Her boyfriend woke up, shot at the door because they were in there, and they shot back, or I think they may have shot first. I don't know. Anyways, they killed Brianna in, in her bed, and then they arrested her boyfriend for attempted murder of a cop, even though he didn't know what was going on. I'm sure he was scared to death. And I feel awful for that guy. My God. On the, on the other side, Duncan Lemp, laying in his bed, allegedly shot through the window um, in a no-knock raid because he allegedly had firearms he wasn't supposed to own. And his pregnant wife's laying in the bed next to him. So those two instances, to me, are just reprehensible to their core. And I don't view it as a racial issue at all. I view it as a us versus the state, or at the very least, just a humanity issue. Like... Even if the people that killed them weren't cops, I'd be like, dude, we got to we gotta put these people away. This is egregious what happened. Two young, vibrant, seemingly kind, innocent people were murdered in their beds during no-knock raids in what I view to be a clear unconstitutional method of attack. God bless Rand Paul. He, uh, he put out a bill today saying that, you know, that would effectively rid us of the the cancer that is no-knock raids in this country. Just to give you an idea of the tensions that I was talking about, this country is so polarized right now and so politicized that even Rand Paul, who, you know, Duncan Lemp was allegedly kind of a libertarian. Rand Paul, who's also basically a libertarian, whose dad is like the king of libertarians, references Breonna Taylor in the bill, doesn't reference Duncan Lemp. It's not an accident. I understand using politics to try and affect the change you want and you got to play the game sometimes to to affect the change you want but there's also something to be said for just doing the right fucking thing duncan was taken just as immorally just as criminally as brianna was i just i'm a little disappointed that he didn't put both their names in there not because i care that he's white i could care less that it, about his skin color i just think they're both tragedies and they both deserve our attention and that's the that's the whole reason i posted that that piggyback to that viral tweet. And instead of like, well, I, I guess I shouldn't say for sure that the vast majority of people that liked it didn't know that he was white. But for all the people that commented, almost all of the comments were negative. They were all like, this isn't about white people. Y'all created the system. If you have an issue with what happened to, to Duncan, maybe you should have fixed the system. Just like complete loss of humanity. Complete loss of sympathy. I'm not a black woman. Who cares? I still, you know, deeply mourn Breonna Taylor's murder. 
Same with Duncan. Who cares? Who cares that he's a white man? Same as me. It makes no difference to me. The only reason I talk about Duncan Lemp more than I do Brianna is because people are talking about Brianna. People aren't talking about Duncan. It's not okay. Neither murder is okay. We shouldn't accept it. And we shouldn't be mute. And we shouldn't be afraid to stand up for what's right and say that, yeah, both of these things are evil. We need to change these laws today. And we need to arrest the cops involved. Both of which, by the way, are free and not even having been charged so far. And I don't know if that's going to change, but God willing, it will. But it just made, it just had me thinking about the level of tension in this country where it's not, we're just, we're just so far beyond the point of seeing eye to eye. It really, it really feels divided. You know, when, when I'm, I, I open it up by saying like, great, you know, great. I can't, I, I, I pray that the cops who killed Breonna Taylor are arrested and charged. I do. And then I followed up with something about Duncan and I get a deluge of people saying, take your white shit elsewhere. This is not what this is about. I'm like, killer cops? Killer cops is not what it's about? Are you sure? Because cops killing innocent people, I'm pretty sure is the problem. No? I mean, they kill a thousand of us per year. Half of them are white. Are you okay with that? Because I'm not. God, the division is just terrifying. I just don't know if we can see eye to eye. Anyways, we got some big news for next week's show. And I feel like I don't want to jinx it. But I'll say the guest will be, drumroll please, not going to tell you. But it's going to be big. So make sure you don't miss it. I will definitely tweet out once his uh, interview. Oh, I said his. You know, it's a guy. It's a big deal. Once he confirms with me the time and date, I will tweet it out so you guys can make sure to catch it. I am super stoked about it. I can't wait. Um, wanted to give a shout out to Holy Howley, I believe is how you pronounce it, at Holy Howley. He's just been super supportive on Twitter. And unfortunately, I think a lot of you guys are leaving five-star reviews, but you're just leaving the five stars, which if you leave the five stars, I can't see your names on iTunes. So if you leave five stars and then you actually like write out a review, even if it's a sentence, then I'll have a name so I can identify who's actually leaving that stuff because the reviews keep going up, but I'm not actually having anything to like read. So I can't see your handle or anything to, you know, know who's doing it. So if you've done that, um, tweet at me and I'll give you a shout out. Or if you leave a written review, I will give you a shout out and I will 